With Father's Day right around the corner, what do you give to the man who has everything? Easy. You give him an experience he'll never forget. You give him Omaha Steaks because a world-class dad deserves a world-class steak. The Father's Day experts at Omaha Steaks have made it easy to put a smile on the big guy's face this summer with hand-selected gift packages starting at just $89. Just go to omahasteaks.com and use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout for an additional discount when you shop gourmet gift packages for Father's Day. With Omaha Steaks, the possibilities are endless. Endless flavor, endless variety, and endless value. Truly, they have perfected more than just steak. Your dad is guaranteed to love every bite. Go to omahasteaks.com, use the promo code BLUEWIRE to get an exclusive savings. Shop for unforgettable gifts that are guaranteed to make dad's day. Because if there's one thing that Omaha Steaks knows, it's the dads want steak. That's omahasteaks.com, promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to save on exclusive packages starting at just $89. What is up? Welcome to episode number 310 of On the Corner of the Official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined as always by the man with no tombstone, Nick Pollock. What is happening? Yes, I am immortal. That's how you should translate that sentence. No, uh, why Why do I have no tombstone fast? For those who have n- not been with us since the uh, <laughs> since for the past two or three years or since episode whatever, 100, Nick a long time ago interviewed Zach Gallen uh, right before talking pitching was even a thing. This is like yeah. one of our first big interviews. It was, it was the third one, I think. I, I, th- okay. I, yeah, that's it. Justice Sheffield, Ross Stripling, and then it was Zach Gallen. And then it was Zach Gallon. We were so excited because we were Gallon gals. And then just like that, the audio has gone. But Zach, I mean, Zach, uh, Nick calls me right after. And he's like, oh, my God, I just got off of Zach Gallon and all the audio has gone. And he was like, and he said this and this. So and I was bad. like, well, then You're let's like get off the phone. Yeah, I was, at, I was at my friend Ryan and Missy's who I just talked to. And I was like, get off the phone and just go write it down. So he like went and he wrote it down. And then every I feel like every week we'd be like, all right, that Zach Allen article is coming out. That Zach Allen article is coming out. And then yeah. it used to say on Nick's tombstone, that Zach Allen article is coming out. And here it is. You have risen from the dead. Yeah, I, it's um, I got to hand it to uh, Shelly Verstraight, who suggested she, she, she even joked saying, oh, man, now that Nick is doing a going deep every single morning, which, by the way, I am doing come yep. hang out on Twitch uh, at 10 a.m. every day. And see me write a going deep. We're actually doing a new flare tomorrow where I don't know who I'm writing about until I start the clock and I have one hour to write it, <laughs> uh, which is wow. going to be really fun and crazy and hectic. And it's going to be a wonderful time. But anyway, she mentioned, hey, maybe we'll get that Zach Gallon article. And I was like, oh, I can do it. Um, so I wrote it today. I don't know if it's any good. I but and I feel kind of weird. I'll be honest. Like I, I I wrote in that moment of of mani of manic mania. Thank you for mm. helping so much there. I that I to watch I, the drought <laughs> drowned a little bit. <laughs> you <laughs> joked so much. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> I in in that mania that like I somehow got some correct quotes, but not. I don't really know um, the exact wording, which I feel very weird about doing an article where I don't have the direct quote every time i so i just kind of loosely said like yes he talked about this and he talked about that and i you know i don't really do that too often so i hope it comes across all right it was also two and a half years ago where some of the stuff he's talking about like cutter versus a slider well now he throws both a cutter and a slider Mm -hmm. so that's kind of strange and outdated there were some other things i would have loved to have clarification off of my notes like i asked him what the best wisdom he's gotten now that he's in the majors and all my notes said was he used to idolize Mike Leake, and that was cool that he got to meet him. And I was like, real hard hitting journalism, right? That's there. not, yeah, that's not wisdom, Nick. There's no, there's clearly something there yeah. about like, oh yeah, I was a two seamer changeup guy, and so was he, and everything. I'm like, okay, what's the wisdom? Yeah, what yeah, is, yeah. You know, and there wasn't anything there, but I, it was. I'm happy to finally have gotten it out. The graphic used for that article is the same the graphic that Justin made in 2019. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is insane. 
Ah, oh, that that it's that's pretty cool. So yeah, definitely check it out. Um, I'll get back to my weirdness of Alex Cobb's article. Um, I'm sure tomorrow. Uh, but uh, it was fun to be able to actually get that one out. So Nick is also, of course, referring to Justin Paradis, who's at Just Para Designs. Who, if you're not following on Twitter and uh, Instagram, yeah, you should be. Amazing. And if if you haven't read, you know, if you haven't read this Gallant piece, you should read that. Nick did one on Waskari Noah. He did one on Michael Kopech. Like, there's a lot of really good work coming out each day. So you should be heading over to Pitcherless. You should be checking out the site. There's there there could by the time you read this, we could theoretically have a season. We found out that there is a new deadline imposed for tomorrow, and 162 games are still on the table if they agree to that deal tomorrow. Uh, yeah. So who knows um, what's happening? I, 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 and I'm going to say something. I'm really sorry to do it. Um, you know, if you guys saw that Fangraphs today put out a thing being like, hey, it's tough again like it was in 2020. Um, the stuff that they're reporting, like essentially 50% reduced traffic, it's hitting us too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you should absolutely be supporting Fangraphs. There's no way we exist without that. Um, but if you guys can't help at all, it will go a long way with us. You know, we don't have investors. We don't have a corporate board or anything. Everyone knows that I don't take anything from Pitchless whatsoever. Um, everything we raise goes back into it, and it stinks a lot right now. We're hurting. Um, and so, if you've enjoyed this podcast over the year and you don't over the years, and you don't have PL Basic or PL Plus or whatever, consider it. I understand if you can't. I get it completely. Um, but it goes a long way for us. Um, just even having an extra 10 to 50 subscribers can mean a lot for us right now. Uh, so if you can, please consider it. Uh, it's going to be a very tough March uh, for us. Yeah, here's hoping we get some good news tomorrow because that would very dramatically or hopefully turn the tide for us a little bit. Did you? Per- Is it pouring in New York right now? Yeah. Can you hear that? I can hear that. I was wondering if you purposefully added some some background <laughs> storm music to make it even more uh, uh, intense. But yeah, I could I could barely hear it with my like earbuds in. And no, no, no. Wow. Okay, I got to turn yeah, yeah. the gain on this mic. Clearly. No, no, no. It's it's good to hear. It's very atmospheric. Um, mm. Before we get in, so today we're going to be breaking down Nick's labor draft. It used to be Nick and I doing it. I had to drop yeah, out you labor. So you were like, yeah, two I days can't. before, I'm like ah, nah. I'll be yeah. honest, fast. It was really nice not being judged for every single pick I made. It was that, that was the real was reason. Yeah. We're not we don't we don't draft We're not good. Together. We are not good drafting together. Absolutely not. We don't draft. But that's <laughs> but you know what? I would sooner have that than anything else. Like we have distinct tastes and personalities and players, and that mm. makes for an award-winning podcast. Apparently, yeah. Um, there you go. Uh, but, I mean, but, look, look. Because I wasn't there for your talent draft last year, you won. So, and. I'll, I'll say this. Few people know that it wasn't you and me. So if you win, it was definitely you and I drafting together. Um, <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about that in a second, but we hit on some news. There is some other news. Quang Young Kim uh, got signed by the Landers in uh, the KBO. So he's not going to be making his return this season. So you can, you can kind of take him off your board. I, I mean, was I, were you surprised he didn't get a deal? I was a little, I mean, he had a 3.63 ERA over about a hundred innings last year, I but he also had non, like a 17% K rate and an yeah, 8% in, walk rate. In a non-lockout, he gets signed. Mm. Um, I, I think that's just what happened there. He's, he, I think he's pretty dang good. I mean, obviously the Cardinals defense helped out Kim a lot, you know, sub three ERA when everything showcased him being over four, but he would have gotten a deal here. It's just the state of, you know, what's going on. It's very interesting. Um, also, obviously, very big in the news right now, the shift. Um, I mean, I'm not saying it's banned yet. I, I'm going to wait until I hear official news that there is not going to be a shift. I know it's very much on the table. It's very much looking like we're going to get rid of the shift. Your original thoughts, uh, should they ban the shift? No, just be better hitters. Hmm. I mean, that that's uh, the way I see it is like <sighs> there's kind of like the infield fly rule. Baseball is, is littered with these rules that are just there's no innate like within the innate logic of the game uh, a reason you can't do that thing. But then they say, ah, well, you can't do that thing, mm-hmm. you know, and it's pretty much like, oh, OK, so when the ball's in the, in the air, I'm like, oh, there's two men on base when they can initially you can drop it. So there's a strategic thing like, OK, fine, you can't do that. And I always feel weird of having these rules that are just kind of there to be like, well, that's just too good of a thing. And mm-hmm. when the shift it's it's even weirder where like just hit it to the opposite field you know i mean i understand the emphasis on pull i kind of like the fact that that in many ways limits these guys that are strict pull hitters 
Um, I think that's some that's a flaw in their ability, and we shouldn't be removing that flaw. Now, on the other side of it, I understand why they want to ban it because people are saying they want more offense in the game, and and it's really fun. Like we want shorter games, we want more, more offense. Like, what do you want? <laughs> but I, uh, it's I don't think they should do it because I think it's just a, a rule that will mask a problem in hitting that should be tweaked over time. And this is. You know, baseball is a game of pendulums. It swings one way, the approach is low, and then the approach is high with pitches, and it goes back and forth. I feel like the shift is one of those, so um, I don't want there to be a ban on the shift. Yeah, I go back and forth a, a, a little bit on it. I mean, it's funny because it's like, okay, so what kind of offense is theoretically going to be increased? Like hard hit ground balls? You know what I mean? Like a majority of those things, like hard hit ground yeah, balls. Those, do... those liners to right field, like you have that extra defender in the middle of right field or so. Sure. Right. That's some of them. Yeah, that's definitely some yeah, of them. You get the ones uh, up the middle too. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. There's part of me that likes that it could theoretically increase offense. I don't know about the like just hit it the other way. I feel like that's a easier said than done kind of thing. I mean, but I do agree. That's the thing though. Like if they're saying like, hey, you can't hit to this one. Then like, all right, then you got to improve to to not hit it there you know yeah i just feel like it's so hard to hit a baseball already that it's like yeah but i i also i hear where you're coming from with that for sure but i you know i i I keep trying to personalize it right if i'm you know watching an orioles game in three years and we're finally in the playoffs and we lose on a walk-off that very easily would have been an out had shifts been allowed <laughs> like that that like that honestly would would make my blood boil you know what i mean like if there was a way that we strategically could have planned for this that we weren't allowed to plan for it or execute because of this rule like that would just i mean you could say me. the reverse though that like oh man you lose because you hit into a shift and it's like oh the shift should have been banned you know and that's not fair I guess since I'm so used to the shift, it's like, yeah, then you, you should have theoretically not hit. You know, why you did know you what? bring that guy who always hits there? You know, I'm sorry. I'm not a shift guy. I'm a caps lock guy. And uh, that's just how I am. Oh, there's a good transition. We're going to move yeah, on to the finally, uh, we got out of that. Jeez. The, the, the labor draft here. <laughs> so uh, as we mentioned, yeah, Nick, this was just Nick doing the labor draft. I, I, I was kind of calling my drafts a little bit with the baby coming. And there's been all these Wait, talks there's a baby about coming. There's a baby coming. Painted the baby room yesterday. Looking very good two two or three weeks away um you we're going to be talking about this draft today it was a very very exciting draft i was kind of following along as nick was doing it and um a few picks that were uh surprising to me a few picks that were not surprising to me but um for those who are unfamiliar this is a 12 team league with experts we're talking zimmerman ariel cohen um we got carlos marcano in there for the first time which is really awesome great albright's in there ray murphy there's a lot of great names in here very competitive it's a five it's a standard five by five roto Okay, so your standard, not like tout where we're doing OBP over average. So uh, and it's also an auction. So what I want to know first, before we start to break down position by position, was there a mentality that you had coming into this draft? Was there was there something you were trying to execute on? So Look at that pink notepad. Yeah, I love this pink notepad. I started doing this like I think over the winter saying, you know, I used to have a big lawyer pad or whatever. I've got a little guy now. And I found myself writing. I mean, this is just one like what I generally do with auctions uh, is instead of using the major drafts, draft software, I started doing it on this pad and I did to an Excel spreadsheet. But what I do is I go position by position and I say, okay, what you know, what kind of budget do I feel is necessary? If you guys have followed all my mock drafts over the the winter, twelve teamers. It's the same idea of what are the positions where I feel like I need to be spending more money in than others. And am I going to go for a big player? If I am, then how much money am I spending on it? And it's very important. Oh, I cannot emphasize enough knowing in an auction what amount of money you want to spend on every position, analyzing the players available and shifting that money around. You don't want to be in a situation where you're saying, okay, I have $10 for a first baseman. And then you, you know, you realize that all the ones left, you don't actually are not going to spend ten dollars on. Mm-hmm. But then you're thinking about a, I don't know, fourth starter, and you're like, oh, should I go the extra dollar? And you see only three dollars there. Like, no, you can allocate it. You got to be able to adapt in the fly with that. So what sure. I did, so I made that for every single position, and started with that pink notepad, 
And then I wrote out for every single position uh, the ones that I actually wanted to go for. And that does mean okay. that, yes, I don't want to be spending whatever it is on Aldoberto Mondesi uh, personally. Sure. I don't want to I didn't want to take that risk. Just just random ones. I just first one I saw on the thing. But I mean, some cases it changed. Sometimes I was like, you know what? I didn't really expect to go and get George Springer at 18. But that's kind of mm-hmm. how the whole thing went. Um, or Jared Walsh at $7 was not probably. And let me go through the entire draft right now like I did uh, You're doing it already. You're doing it already. Yeah, I just needed to give you some examples. Um, and I'll, I'll talk more about those specific picks later. But, yeah, it's important to uh, to have that initially. And I remember some adjustments that we'll talk to that I did not anticipate. That was a cool. This is great. Now I can shift some money around. And I got to say, I, I don't really do too many auctions. Everything we talk about in this is more head-to-head uh, snake draft. Um, that's my intent. You know, that's what the heavily the most common drafts are. Auction drafts are so dang fun. Um, mm. And this was, I had a really good time with this. I was really lucky to also be listening in on First Pitch uh, Florida with Spore and um, uh, Clay Link and Mike Gianella. And they were reporting on it the entire way through. I was able to jump in and talk with them about it. Just th- the most fun time. Yeah. And uh, it's been a while since I've done an auction, and I, I can't wait for the tout one now. I'm, I'm stoked. Um, yeah, and also First Pitch Arizona was, a, uh, excuse me, First Pitch Florida was a lot of fun. You had a talk on pitchers. I had a talk with, uh, well, that was with Eno. Um, oh, Eno and, and Spore, man. Like, Eno this is the Spore. greatest. I, I feel so lucky. I get to hang out with those guys for an hour. Like, oh, Nick, can you do this? Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is the best thing I could do in any afternoon. Yeah, of course yes. I can do okay. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I ended up hopping on with Jason Collette uh, talking about pitcher wins it was a great event so i hope people got to attend that but now we're going to go ahead and let, let's get into the nitty-gritty we're going to go position by position i should have clarified standard so two catchers um middle oh, infield yeah. corner infield five outfielders and then nine pitching spots um with i believe a five person bench yep. yes but um, it's all reserve round so uh yeah so you don't have to spend five dollars on that which is really nice. So what that yes. essentially means is you use all your auction money in the regular, you know, to, to fill your spots. And then all the reserves are a snake, a snake draft yes. for auction. And I had one, uh, one. I got lucky. I got one, one. Did you have, what did they do? KDS for it? No, they just randomized it. And I got one. Oh, they one. randomized it. That's interesting. It, was, That's it really nice. helped me out. And we'll talk about that later. Oh, I'm excited to see who your first pick was here. Oh, that's interesting. Ooh, I don't I like know if it, it's not in the order of the draft board. So, oh, it's not. Okay. Uh, we'll talk about it. All right, so we're going to start. You, you said you were budgeting for for each position. You ended up spending the second most on catcher. Um, you get Salvador Perez, who's the most expensive catcher off the board at 23, and then a really nice Adley Rutschman at, at $3, which, you know me, I'm all about. Um, talk to me about that catcher strategy coming into it. So, okay. Um, one thing I do need to say is I am anticipating – anticipating may 1st um i've said it a couple times on these uh i'm expecting that maybe it's april 28th because that's the thursday uh Mm. or so but that's what i when i think the season's going to start so keep that in mind when you look at my team here and i will say adley rutschman i would imagine the orioles are going to make him the opening day catcher that's what i'm guessing i may have put myself in a situation that i need to get a catcher for like a week or so but I had $30 allocated for my first catcher because I think it's so incredibly important in this Roto League to be getting production out of that catcher spot. And it pretty much mm-hmm. that allows me in every single position to have production. Um, is Perez automatically 1-1? No. I was trying to do it for any of Real Muto, Will Smith, or Salvador. But I got him at 23, and I honestly thought that was a steal I uh, considering so I was super happy with that and Alan Rutschman three dollars is mm-hmm. insane to me someone that could be within like you know, easily top 10 if not further up the catcher ranks um, so I was thrilled with getting both of those for 26 dollars yeah did so did you want were you targeting Real Muto at all to try and get the the stolen I, bases as I'm well or you were like the, oh yeah I was in on a little bit to see like man if I can get both of these whatever but I think both oh uh, so you had Perez first he was off the board uh, I think first. he was the first yeah he was like the seventh okay. player auctioned and it's kind of funny I didn't I, for whatever reason whenever I do auctions I have certain guys I want to pay for but not really most of them in the first round am I actually going for Mm-hmm. Um, or like the effective first round or second round. So I normally what happens in these auctions is I don't, you know, I'm not like one of the first guys with a player, but then like, I think Perez was like the fifth one. I was like, I felt so weird. I was like, well, I've got a player already. <laughs> like, 
I've I've I'm I've made my mark on this draft already. This is this yeah, is yeah, yeah. You know, That's I remember where our last you had labor like, a while like ago, twenty sixth or something. You know, yeah, they were like and Will Pitcherless pick. Then the radio was like, you know, like I don't understand what they're doing. And of course, you had a, you know a fantastic draft to getting a lot of the middle stuff, which is a very very popular play and works out a ton of the time as well. So you don't so need funny. to spend forty dollars on four players to win an auction. Yeah, without a doubt. So let's move then now to your 1B. It's one of two $1 players that you were able to acquire and the only $1 player that you were able to acquire on offense, uh, and that well, is Luke Voigt. You're missing uh, Jared Walsh at corner infield, who I, is, was the first baseman I had in mind. Ah, um, interesting. Okay, so t- well, why don't you talk about both then? Walsh is yeah, at seven. So, so I, um, I was trying to be in on uh, Matt Olson, Goldschmidt, and uh, Pete Alonso. Okay. And I missed Olson. He went for 19, and I was really wondering. I, I pretty much had like 15 to 18. I was, was kind of hoping to get a slight discount on one of those three. Mm-hmm. Olson went for 19, I was, and I almost pulled the trigger at 20, and I pulled back because it was pretty early. I didn't want to necessarily be that place that I go in. And I was thinking, okay, maybe Goldschmidt or Alonso will go for cheaper, and they'll be fine. I uh, but those went for more. And I was like, ah, okay, I got to go for kind of the middle ones, and whichever one I can get kind of cheaper now, I'll accept. And I got Jared Walsh at seven. Was I going to go nine? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got him at seven. And Votto went for I think like eleven or twelve. Um, someone else I was considering. Uh, there was one other. Oh yeah, Bray went for eighteen, which I didn't love. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, um, no, Votto went for ten. I apologize to Jeff Zimmerman. I thought that was a great. Great pickup by him. CJ Crone, I thought, was going to be able to get me him for 12. So I'm very happy with J- with Walsh at 7. Um, and then Voigt was, I think, my very last um, pick. It was one of them. And I needed a corner infielder. And I figured, okay, it's a 12-teamer. Corner infield should be one of the easier spots to fill, generally is, in season. Um, and I'll take Voigt and the chance that either, A, he's starting for the Yankees, which is obviously great, or B, mm-hmm. maybe he's even dealt and he's inside the Matt Olson deal or something. He's in a, in Oakland. And, oh, man, that would be a ton of fun for Luke Voigt. So I feel pretty good about that one. Um, and then I do have one at mid, middle infield as well. But I think Max Muncy is way more valuable as a second baseman. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get to Muncy when we talk second baseman. I, I, I loved that that Walsh pick. I mean, I... I I'm a big fan. I think that with Albert Pujols gone, we don't have to worry about platooning anymore with him. Mm-hmm. I think he gets the everyday start at first base. I think he's got uh, the potential to be a 270, 275 hitter with like 30 plus home runs. He's insane, right? Third, with that lineup of Trout and that Otani? Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's, I don't know if he's necessarily that high of an average just because of all the strikeout stuff with Jarrett Walsh, but yeah, I just felt that's a very safe, like you did good. You got the stuff. Oh, Ryan Mountcastle was the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been considering, uh, but I think he went for a decent amount as well. And I was like, ah, all right, I'm fine. Uh, $7 actually $7, uh, for both for of Castle. them. Yeah. Give me the guy in the, in the better stadium for him. Who's shown the power more consistently solid. and Walsh at two seventy seven last year. So yeah, I know, but was... that, that, I think that's an exception though. I, I'm expecting more like closer to like a two fifty. that's why well, you two ninety three the year before super high strikeout raise. It's hard to sustain. All right. Uh, I, I'm I'm optimistic. I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, it not, was a small not a sample. good hard contact rate either, which is a little concerning. But it's all right. I'm He's gonna hit 35 home runs, 30 home runs. I'm worried about. Put it, it on the board about. at 35 home runs. Put it no, on the 30, board. 30, 30. I, mean, home I would be runs. thrilled if it's 30. I'll put it on the board too. <laughs> you don't? You think it'll go under 30? I just want to hedge my bets for happiness. I <laughs> okay. That's fine. Well, uh, we can move into uh, second base and middle infield then. So we have, I mean, what could arguably be the 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 steal of of your draft, maybe the steal of the draft, in my opinion, uh, in Max Muncie at two dollars. Oh man, I thought there Jose was an Altuve. error. I, I literally, yeah. I, I someone bet one dollar Muncie. I put in two, thinking like, ha ha ha, and then I got him. And yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know if there was an error. I know at one point, um, Carlos Mercado got gallon for $6 and I had bid $7 and it never went through, but that's okay. Like it, whatever it happens. Um, mm-hmm. I, there were some other times we did roll back where there were like five people. They're like, no, we were bidding this one. Do not let this guy go for $1 or whatever. Yeah. Um, no one said anything about Muncie. And I was, I mean, I, that was my plan of like, okay, I will 
I, I wanted Muncie everywhere as my middle infield because I think middle infield's just stupid annoying to fill. Um, and I had been struggling at shortstop, and I do want to mention that because I I really was targeting. I was like, okay, I'm going to get Trevor Story. I'm going to get Trevor Story. I almost went the extra dollar on him, but he went up to 22, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't want to do. It. I was planning on initially going for either Bichette Story or sorry Bichette um, Turner or uh, uh, Lindor. No, no, I got Tatis. Jesus. Uh, and they went 35 plus and all this stuff. It's like, ah, not the one. So that meant to me, oh man, middle infield is going to be tough for me to fill. And then I got Muncie. I was like, oh, never mind. This is fine. Now I just got to make sure I get a decent shortstop, which I did. And everything was okay. Yeah, story story went for, I mean, a lot of the shortstops went high. Bichette, 35. Semyon, 24. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, I wanted Trey Semyon, Turner, 24. 45. It was just pushing it. I had like 20 bucks. I essentially signed a 20 bucks to like second base shortstop and third. And I was like, ah, 24 is too much. I couldn't do it. Mm. So, yeah, Muncie, I mean, maybe his value is a little bit different if they signed Freeman, but he would still be DHing. I think people might have been put off by the fact that at the moment, it seemed like he was not going to be a lock for opening day. And there was some report going around that he hadn't swung a bat. And then the report came out today that that report was from January. It was out of date. I, I had a a small little tweet about this is why I think maybe we should be waiting to do these drafts to get this news, but Hey, uh, we're doing it and you benefit from it. That's May great. First, May 1st, I figured Muncie would be good. I mean, we're already kind of thinking like is Muncie's pretty good for our opening day before the lockout. And then now it's May 1st, in my view. And so, okay. Yeah. I'll take Muncie all day. Hitting cleanup for the Dodgers. Unbelievable. So what about, uh, so at the moment right now, let, let's take a look at who we talked about. So we talked about Perez, we talked about Rutschman, we talked about Voigt, we talked about Muncie, and we talked about Walsh. We, we, there might be five stolen bases between those yeah. guys. So uh, so this is why I, um, I mean, we can finish the infield a bit first. There are two more guys, that, or three more, that mm-hmm. don't really do much in that category. <laughs> I uh, but yeah, there's I uh, that certainly was a thing that I needed to address. I think I tried to a little bit. So that's what, what the reason I brought it up wasn't just to, just to dunk on <laughs> dunk. you. It was to say it was like was Altuve. Was there a kind of like he'll he'll be able to get at least a few for me there? Is that what you were oh, thinking? I love. Were- I think that Altuve. I mean, the way I've been treating these auction drafts are inside as I've been doing snakes because again I. I Look, I was out of my element in the sense of I had not done an auction draft, but generally when I my first one of the year, what I do is I say, let's think, who are the guys that I'm always excited about to get in rounds that I just, oh, I'm not able to get him in my snake drafts because I have to get someone else. It's normally like sixth round Altuve or something, right? Um, and this one, I'm like, no, I can just get it because it's an auction draft. I think Altuve is, I mean, say for Ozzy Albies and maybe Semyon and uh, yeah, that's about it. Maybe Whit Merrifield. Whit Merrifield. Jose Altuve is incredibly good. And I, I kind of, I also really want Altuve just because it can be easy to fall in average easily, like quickly. I think Jose Altuve would do an excellent job there. Doesn't hurt with stolen bases. And it just across the board is super helpful for your teams. Yes, the sprinkle of stolen bases is great. But I think more so of just being a second baseman that I feel excellent about the entire year is huge and to see like mm-hmm. um you know india went for 19 jazz chisel went for 14 brandon lyle went for 18 i love altuve at 20 there uh yeah i i think um the the scandal kind of gives him a, a bad taste in people's mouths you know yeah. uh, when that's and but if you look at the raw numbers like i don't think there's any problem like i I'm, I'm all about it i think i actually have him in my tgfbi as well um last week when we talked about my tout breakdown you were saying that one of the positions that you really like to focus on in snake drafts early on was was shortstop because of how quickly it could fall off now auction it's a little bit different right you're not really you're dealt a different hand because you've got currency that you're trying to spend and then everyone can you know try and acquire those players were was adames you you ended up with willie adames at 11 bucks we already talked a little bit about the the inflated prices or i wouldn't say inflated just large prices we saw for a lot of these shortstops was he the kind of final of a tier for you or did were you unhappy with it or were you like okay i can i can i can make it work with adamas oh man um well i'm gonna tell you everything about adamas but first we gotta take a quick break 
Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show yeah, exactly what you said. Adamus, I uh, end of a tier. Um, Tim Anderson was gone. Corey Seager gone. Lindor gone. Story gone. Polanco gone. Turner gone. Franco gone. Semyon gone. Bichette gone. Modesty gone. I think Witt Jr. was even gone, and I didn't want to go for that. And I think Correa was also gone. So, and I didn't want to go for Correa because I'm very worried about. Um, I know I, it's it's funny. I make uh, you know a lot of things about injuries and all that kind of stuff, but not being too worried about it. I, for whatever reason, always have a giant stigma with Carlos Correa and that you'll get like 120 games and that's it. Mm. Uh, especially after a free agency year where he just went and had to get his money and then now he's not going to do it. He hasn't gotten his money. We understand he will. Willie Adamas, to me, once he went to Milwaukee, was amazing and got out of Tampa Bay. And uh, there's something to be said about hitting poorly in Tampa Bay. Um, I kind of want to believe that narrative. I think Adamas is just going to be really solid for you. Um, in Milwaukee, and I just felt more comfortable with him than others. I was heavily considering Dansby Swanson instead. Well, I think Adamus came up first. I got him for eleven dollars. Called it a day. <clears throat> uh, I would, you know, I I would do wonder if in other auctions I will be spending for probably Bo Bichette at thirty five, mm. uh, something like that, just because of uh, Turner and uh, and Tatis's injuries. But like. We'll see. Um, Bogarts at 21 is pretty solid. It's fine, too. I, I wanted to go the extra dollar for Story, and I decided not to, and I kind of regretted that I didn't eventually. But uh, Adamus at 11, totally fine with me. The last person to wrap up your infield um, is another name that I think kind of is falling, uh, I, and I really am not quite sure why, because he had a pretty good year last year. Did the numbers take a little bit of a dip when he went out of course? Yeah, but not drastically so, and that's Nolan Arenado at 16. So walk me through your kind of your third base strategy here, because while people spent on shortstop, I'm looking at these prices and like, this is where people decided not to spend. Ramirez goes for 43, but then we have Longoria for a buck, Justin Turner at five, Mancata at eight, Candelario at four. Like, this is pretty wild what happened to third base here. Yeah. Uh, the other one was Austin Riley at $20. Um, hmm. And I was in on Jose Ramirez. I actually felt that, you know, the stolen base issue would be between Jose Ramirez and my outfield, essentially. Mm hmm. And I was in at 42 with Jose Ramirez, uh, but 43 to Brian Feldman. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, that's, that's, it. that's it. I'm good. Um, and Arenado is, to me, was one of the last that, like, I feel very good about this. I have been open about Rendon, but the news did come out about him just not feeling good right now and still being a bit of a question. And it's just a little scary uh, for Rendon, even though I took him in a TGFBI. I'm like, you know what? Maybe not this time. Um, Candelario is fine, but it's, it's Makata. I think turning $5 is a really good value by Ariel Cohen. Um, but yeah, I mean, Devers went for 32, which you might not see there in corner infield. Uh, I was in on Devers, but 32, I thought was too high. Uh, Manny mm-hmm. Machado at 37. Again, I was in on that one, but that's really high. Um, there was actually a lot of discussion about $37 Machado versus 32 Devers or some other options. Bichette going $2 cheaper. I mean, auction drafts are weird. You can never really be like, oh, well, I'm going to go there. I'm just going to get this guy for this amount. This guy is yeah. totally different. That's not how it works. Um, so Arenado at 16, I honestly thought I would get him for like, I almost got him for 12, I think. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden Flurry came oh, in like right at the, the last worst. Second. So, oh, man. The there's worst. Like I'm writing in the name and like it stops. And all of a sudden there's another bid. I'm like, what? It's not cool. Um, no, but yeah, I got him at 16. Nolan Arenado's Arenado's fine. He's going to be good, I think. You know, yeah, it's not the glory, glory days, but tons of production. And once again, I mean, I've certainly built a team around 
home runs, runs, and RBI. Um, and I think my outfield does save me a bit as far as average and um, stolen bases goes a bit, not to mention the gains I'll get in catcher as well for having Perez and Rutschman should not be ignored. There were, as is always the case with auctions, there are very interesting prices. I mean, there are things that, you know, auctions don't always match up with ADP just because it's impossible to. Um, Jose Ramirez goes for $43, like you said. He goes for more than a lot of other guys who are going uh, ahead of him. He's a 1-1 for some people, so I get it. Yeah, but it was interesting. I mean, he was the second or third. uh, I think he was the second most expensive player off the board behind Trey Turner. Um, So, yeah, it was kind of kind of interesting to see that. So I think it was kind of good that you didn't continue to break the bank. Um, Like you said, so if we're looking at the outfield here, like you said, a lot of power, right? Perez and 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 Muncie and Walsh and Arenado are, are going to give you a lot of power. You're doing well on average. You're doing well on runs and ribbies. You're starting to you're, you're struggling a little bit at stolen bases. But then in comes this outfield, which is really just a, a work of art here. The <laughs> one that you decide to break the bank for at 42 bucks is Ronald Acuna. I imagine if you're starting May one, you got Acuna, so yeah, why not? That that's spend the money. It. I mean, I I really wanted to go for uh, Homer's, you know, essentially a double threat guy um, in Acuna. There is good, you know, good criticism here is, hey, we don't know if Acuna is going to be stealing, you know, like if he's actually going to because of the knee and stuff. Ah, I think it's Acuna. I think he's certainly not gonna, you know, pull back uh, once he returns. Um, and considering May first, I mean, you can make a case that he's one one. I think also for my team, I needed someone to be a very significant stolen base threat, and theoretically Acuna is the biggest one. Um, maybe a couple others you could throw in there, but like Acuna could have the most of anyone in that first round. Hmm. Uh, so I the way I, I was structuring this, the, considering I think I was out on the... Uh, I missed out on the other shortstops, um, and I kind of wanted to pair this with Jose Ramirez, missed that. I was like, all right, I circled Acuna. I was like, that is the guy I have to spend for. Um, so $42, I was hoping I would get a little bit of a discount considering the injury question. Um, but it got up to 42 and I was at a point. It's like, well, I need to get one of these guys. Otherwise I'm really hurting here and got to be 42. It is what it is. You move things around, you figure it out. Uh, but I got Acuna. No, I dig it. I mean, I, I was a little shocked to also see trout at 28 bucks. Cause you would think that, you know, the injury concern is, I, I was mean, upset probably- myself for that one, but I, I just didn't, I, I couldn't spend on that. There was too much question mark of the other things that I needed to get, and I couldn't mm-hmm. go in on Trout. But 28, I mean, uh, the way that I've seen Trout lately is you can see them in the middle, like, second round or so, second early mm-hmm. second round in a 12-teamer. And that's traditionally, like, $30, right? Uh, so 28 does seem about right. You see, like, Kyle Tucker, same team, Doug Anderson at 31, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is pretty decent as well. It's only really like the first six guys are going to hint at forty dollars. Um, you know, get the thirty-seven Machado out of your head. Uh, yeah. But I, so so not that shocking. I mean, I got bets at thirty-three, and I'm actually happier with that one than try to twenty-eight. Yeah. So that's the next guy we wanted to talk about. I mean, you're this is another guy who shores up your your stolen bases a little bit more because yeah he's only done 10 the past two seasons uh, including the shortened season but there still is a 15 potential stolen base season uh with bets um are you ba- i imagine you're, you're you're betting on a bounce back from what could theoretically be considered an off year for him last year i mean yes it, it lead off for the arguably the best offense in baseball um with his talent is just insane i mean the way i saw it too is a great this is across the board too average is a very important one to get early and spend on and i i saw bets going up i was like you know what because i'm not spending the elite amount on a shortstop now um i'm out i was out on jose ramirez so then i was like all right where am i putting that money it's got to be towards bets Mm. i 33 dollars felt very happy with that um really really tied the room together Mm. Um, the other, so the other three, uh, excuse me, two outfielders that you had, cause we had no three, excuse no, me. We talked about Acuna. Yeah. We talked about bets. Kind of four, uh, but yes. I mean, the utility is another one that I will see like how this plays out. Right. Yeah. So, but the third one that you spent, this is where you, you seem to focus a majority of your funds, right? You, was that a plan going in like outfield is that, or you were like, like you said, Jose Ramirez, it's shifting didn't... around, you know, it's, you got to find your stats somewhere. 
Um, I initially thought that I'd be spending more on shortstop and uh, and third base, um, but because because it just didn't go that way when it came to the shortstop and third base in the auction, I moved it around a little bit, spent more on George Springer, eighteen dollars. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people are terrified of George Springer injury history. I get it. Shorter season um, diminishes that, and George Springer. I mean, the ceiling of this is insane, and it's it's a roto league which I think emphasizes injuries better. Um, mm-hmm. Head-to-head, you could be screwed for September, and that's that. Yeah. But in a Roto League, great. Whenever he plays, I get it. Unlimited IL spots as well. He's healthy right now. Um, give me all the George Springer in these leagues. And, yeah, I mean, George Springer on a per-game basis is 1-1 if he goes a full season like the other guys. I mean, that's how good George Springer is. So I, I felt really happy with that. Um, he's going to get more played appearances likely than Byron Buxton. <laughs> Who went for the same amount, in my view? I uh, so uh, yeah, I was thrilled with that. And again, stolen base problem. Cunha bets Springer certainly helps it. There are two other guys here that I got as well, Noriano and Garcia, um, that I think will help that issue too. I'm not trying to win stolen bases. I'm just trying to be like get six points or something out of the twelve, just to make sure mm-hmm. I don't lose my league because I got a one yeah. out of twelve. That's all. Yeah, Acuna bets. I mean, bets probably won't do more than like five or so, but even still, Acuna bets is going to at least help to make you a little bit more competitive, uh, which is good. Um, so the next person, yeah, me, you never know. You never know. You never know. Uh, the uh, <laughs> the um, next person that you ended up spending a little, not a lot on, uh, number $7. Um, Again, a lot of good. Home- oh, one. Sorry, that's what I was like thinking. I was like, "What was the thing that I wanted to say?" The kind of I don't want to say hole, but bets doesn't give you as many ribby. Uh, but Acuna and Springer really helps you. I would, back I would that, say really that. Nice. Uh, yeah, I would say that the team I've constructed is certainly not uh, held back on that one. Um, mm, and yeah. you never know with the DH coming, it will emphasize uh, guys hitting first in the lineup because you will have a better night than the National League. Mm, that's a great point. Um, so Dulles Garcia is your fourth outfielder. Um, so I imagine you're just you, you think there's going to be a repeat of the home run output that we saw last year. Look, I was I was trying to think of outfielders that had some speed potential um, mm. that didn't actually dramatically hurt me uh, last year. I, I'm not going to act like I'm better than Derek Cardi. So I uh, the bat X has uh, Adolis Garcia at 26 home runs and 11 stolen bases, a 229 average with. About 145 runs in RBI combined. I didn't love spending seven dollars here. It's my biggest regret, I think, of the draft. Wow, really? Uh, I I think I didn't really need to do this. There are there are other outfielders that I would have been completely fine with. Honestly, like Rafael Ortega is kind of interesting. That mm. might have been a fit for like a dollar. I don't even know if he was even drafted in this. Um, and that that extra six dollars, I think I could have used toward um, maybe a different pitcher um, that we'll talk about in a second. But uh, at the very least, those numbers I just mentioned, the bad X, sounds great. Sounds like a good addition for what I need to get more stolen bases while, while not sacrificing the home run run RBI lead I have. Average is certainly going to be a thing I'm going to be focusing on a bit in season. It's harder to find. And that's likely the thing that I've missed the most in this mm-hmm. one. Um, hopefully, all two and bets can pull it up as high as possible. But uh We'll see. Maybe he can cut back on the 31% strikeout rate last year. I know he slowed down in the second half as well. I'm betting on the bad X for, for good stuff uh, to come. And I will say every projection system I'm seeing here, higher than 10 stolen bases for Adoles Garcia. Cool. That sounds great to me. Yeah, it could be nice. Uh, you round out your outfield with a guy. Let's, the season starts as May. He'll be back in June. But when he returns... Could be a really good value for you in Ramon Laureano at three bucks. So talk to me about Ramon Laureano. Yeah, same idea. Uh, Bad X has him at 19 home runs and 10 stolen bases. And uh, by on, on a per game basis, I uh, could be just an all around productive uh, bat. The way I see this is Jorge Soler is likely going to be in that lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means that really Ramon, Ramon Laureano, uh, Ramon Laureano is going to be my utility. But don't forget 2019, 24 stole, uh, home runs and 13 stolen bases, 288 average uh, in 123 games for the Athletics. There's a lot of upside here. It's 88 games of 14-12 um, in, two, in 2021. I kind of dig that. Uh, and especially in a 12-teamer when you're searching for upside. Later on in the draft, I had some extra dollars to spend. Um, and I, yeah, I was like, well, I'll just take Ramon Laureano and kind of see how this happens. 
Yeah, so you leave him on your bench for like a month. Um, I don't. Can he be placed in the? I don't know how much is his suspension. Is it for a full month remaining? Because I know he had like a, a surgery to address yeah. a sports hernia. It's another thirty days. Mm, okay. Um, All right. Well. Maybe I messed up then, guys. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I don't think so. Because, I mean, this, uh, this is kind of very valuable. We'll see. Well, we'll see. I mean, you could theoretically take one of the guys. You have one guy that I think is kind of a fun name that you could fill in for the util spot. And it's also a util spot. And like you say, there's going to be plenty of people that are going to be popping up that you're going to be able to want to uh, uh, stream. You know what I mean? You're going to be able to want to, like, uh, jump on the Cedric Mullinses of the world. So at least it gives you an opportunity to do that right off the bat, which is really good. Plus there's going to be news coming out right after we get this CBA that is going to make these waiver wires explode. So you might be able to find a really viable name there too. And when Loriano comes back, I don't think we should theoretically see a drop in productivity. I'm not really one to ascribe to um, a guy does uh, PEDs and then he stops doing them and then he can't perform anymore. Nelson Cruz, I think kind of put that to bed. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I, I do actually, I wasn't being facetious. I think it's a really nice pick. I think he could, he'll return more than $3 of value for you for sure. Yeah, um, it's just about that bench spot. We'll see what happens if I need it. Before we go on to the pitchers, who was your favorite uh, well, offensive pick? You're missing, you're missing one more. Uh, oh, sorry. Jorge, we talked about, yeah. Jorge Soler uh, yeah. was my utility at $3. Uh, I I kind of dig this. I don't know. Um, no, it's great. Massive upside. Yeah, it doesn't have the stolen bases like the uh, the other two we mentioned here with Adolis and Adolis and uh, Loriano. But Jorge Soler mashes balls, <laughs> and I uh, I feel like he could go on an amazing stretch where he's giving me thirty to thirty five home runs all of a sudden. I mean, every projection system outside of the bat and not the bat X has him um, above thirty home runs, um, and that's twenty nine for the bat. Um, that's really cool to be able to just kind of plug into my util if I wanted to. Depends on where he signs, of course, for mm-hmm. the runs in RBI uh, totals. But I would imagine he could fall into, a, you know, something around the middle of the lineup somewhere. And if I can stomach the average, uh, that could be great. So I'm a fan of grabbing uh, Horry Slayer whenever I can. Yeah, you always have to think, too, like a, a team should theoretically want to sign him where his power output could be maximized. You know what I mean? Mm. Like he came up with KC and that wasn't a great park for home runs. And he still put together some, 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 uh, some nice seasons there in, in Kansas city, of course, with that 48 home run season in 2019, but like he's got enough power that he should be fine. So I, I, I really dig that as well. Um, so favorite overall pick, uh, least favorite overall pick, yeah, let's do those. Yeah, two. I, I mean, Max Muncy's the best because he's mm-hmm. the best. Uh, and my least favorite one, yeah, at least seven. Uh, I could have done at better than seven. That. Okay. Um, we're going to move on to your pitching spots now. Remember, this is nine just P spots, no SP or RP. It's, it's a wild ride out here. <laughs> so we have Garrett Cole going for the most at 35. Then we have Corbin Burns at 31. But then it kind of gets a little bit crazy. Walker Bueller, the third pitcher off the board by price at 28. He goes over Woodruff at 25. Walker Bueller at 25. Max Scherzer at 24. Um, you yeah, end Wheeler up at 28 as well. I should should say it's ariel cohen and he, he kind of was uh joking with me that he stole him from me i was like i'm not spending 28 dollars on a pitcher are you kidding me no yeah that, that's what i was saying i mean he, he was the third most expensive pitcher off the board i mean you end up with i think uh as is true to your brand the oh i'm sorry i i heard i heard walker bueller instead of zach wheeler i apologize no 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 it's all good yeah Wheeler goes for for more than Bueller, more than Scherzer, more than Woodruff. You uh, keeping to your brand, you have your SP one um, as the cheapest SP, second cheapest SP one aside Chris Sale. I think it's amazing that you got him at nineteen dollars. It's kind of crazy to me that he didn't go for more, in my opinion. And that's Sandy Alcantara. I couldn't believe it. That's unbelievable. I couldn't believe this. This is what happens at an auction. I had I think SP one at fifteen, SP two at fifteen, and then SP three at ten. And that's what my plan was. And uh, as you guys know me, I've been talking about this a lot in snake drafts. I was like, oh, sixth, seventh, eighth rounds. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm just going to do that in the auction. You know, just, that's it, you can just get what you want, kind of, right? Uh, and then Sandy Alcantara is going. And like, I'll just say, yeah, I'll put it in one at 19. Mm. And then I won him. And, and like, uh, you know, that's insane to me. That Like, it went to me. And the funniest thing to me, the funniest thing of all of this 
Guess how much Dylan Cease went for? Seventeen dollars. Like yeah. just to be like the whole storyline that we're talking about. And I will say also, huge props to Ryan Hallam, Julio Arias, uh, Arias rather, um, eighteen dollars. Yeah. And ah man, I saw that. I was like, oh my gosh, I could have. I don't know. Alcantara and Ar- Arias combined for thirty-eight is insanely good to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at thirty-seven even. I uh, but yeah, I got Sonny Alcantara at nineteen. It just felt so on brand and so hilarious. I've uh, Spore messaged me uh, privately, like on the the Zoom call with uh, the first pitch, and it was just like, "You got Sandy in like exclamation points and caps and stuff." You know, I thought it was pretty hilarious. I uh, I mean, it, it, it's I was a good feeling. Thrilled. It's a no, good man. feeling. You know what I mean? Robbie Ray at twenty. Um, there's uh, you know Jack Flaherty, who I've been saying is great and stuff at eighteen. Like. Mm. It, Gaussman at 18 to see Sandy at just $1 more than this is amazing. I, I mean, honestly to have him four bucks cheaper than Aaron Nola, I mean, yeah. is, is pretty, is pretty amazing. I mean, right around, like you said, Gaussman right around Musgrove, right around Flaherty, uh, right around Giolito. It's a dollar. He's a dollar more than Giolito. I mean, it, it was a really, really nice price for him. And that just gives you so much security and flexibility. Do you remember where I, I, I recall seeing him, before a lot of your team was filled out, this had to have been pretty early in the draft. Yeah, it was. Right? Um, a lot of those other numbers were given. It was. It was before that. I. I would say he was. I don't know the first like thirty picks or something like that. Wow. Um. I. I. I yeah. I found myself like with players early. I'm like, what? This isn't. Somehow I roll. <laughs> but you. You bring up actually something that could be a really interesting strategy where it's like it might be good to nominate your fringe SP ones. Like I'm talking about personally, not for you like as a fifth or sixth, you know, so people are like, no, that's not the one I'm going for. I'm going for Wheeler. I'm saving my money for Woodruff. I'm saving my money for Bueller. This is something I think I kind of noticed as I got through the draft. Who was a guy? I mean, I think maybe it was the starters. No, I actually was the one who nominated Altuve because I also find found myself in situations where I was holding off for a guy and I said, you know what? No, I need to put him out there so that I can assign myself how much I'm spending. Cause I want him. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I'm, you know, I, I found myself like with a cubic. Oh no, I need to nominate someone. Oh no, I need to throw out someone I don't want a lot. I was like, okay, cool. I just did like Liam Hendricks and like Josh Hader or whatever. I, but I, it was, you know, I found myself also then be like, no, I got to actually put out Arenado now. Cause like, I gotta, I gotta figure this out. I can't mm-hmm. wait any longer. Can't just yeah. sit on my money because I'm going to spend on this one guy. You know, I got to just see if I'm going to do that or not. Move on to the next one. So it's weird. There's, I don't think there's any like game winning strategy for your auction league about like how you're supposed to nominate. You know, yes, auction make them spend money on stuff. But honestly, in the beginning, everyone's spending money for a long time. Sometimes you might just want to throw out the guy you want to get. Auction is like the famous Mike Tyson quote where everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Uh, it's a um, quote. It really is. It, it, it's, it's, the best so thing true. That, it's the best thing that Mike Tyson ever did, honestly. Everything else is downhill. <laughs> it's, a very, it's very true. So you back – so Alcantara gives you innings. I mean, the argument that people can make is, yeah, but he's wins. not going to get you wins. But, yeah, so you don't know. We'll find that. Uh, we'll get that. Wins, you know, I think he get double digits. Volatile. He had nine last year. He had nine wins yeah, last that, year. Wins are a little volatile for me. I mean, listen, as long as he's not facing the Dodgers, he's an ace. Um, or going he, to Coors. <laughs> yeah, or going to Coors. That's it. Um, I love the pick. Uh, it's also because he gives you so much stability, and you back that up with another guy who I think gives you really good stability in I was, Lance Lynn. Again, shocked. Lance Lynn is like is my 13, and we did it back-to-back with uh, Gaussman and Lynn, and I'm not convinced that I'm in the right here. Mm-hmm. You know, I could have Lynn at 12. But he's going. It went at fifteen. Joe Musgrove went for seventeen, who I love. Don't get me wrong, and I understand that some might have him above. But Giolito at eighteen, Gaussman at eighteen. Like as we're talking about this, uh, once again, I'm just like, all right, I'm cool with this. Now I understand the whole potential degradation. We've talked about Lynn a lot, I think, on these casts. Mm-hmm. Um, pitches per game went down, but it went to ninety four instead of like a hundred and one. Like that's fine. So yeah. Lynn should be really, really solid for, again, a, a ton of wins with Chicago White Sox. I would not be shocked if Lynn has at least 15 wins this year. 
Yeah, you, you get him. I mean, he, he goes cheaper than a lot of major closers. <laughs> you get him for about the same price as Barrios, as Darvish. Uh, you know, you get him for a little bit cheaper than Flaherty, as you already mentioned, at 18. A little bit cheaper than Alec Manoa, who I know you like better. But still, it's it's a different it's a different mentality. It's It, it gives you a lot of floor because, honestly, after this, you're you're going a little boom or bust here with these right. next okay. three pitchers. So, so this wasn't entirely the plan. Um. So so like I was thinking I'm going to spend about 12 to 13 on my next one and I wanted to get a good SB3 and I believed that I could get essentially for me a top 35 starter at that price. It seemed like that should should happen. Logan Webb will for 12 and that was my biggest regret mm. um, is I should have bet in Micah got a really good um, one there. And I should have bet for 13, but I didn't really know how everything else was was landing. I was like, you know what? I'm going to, oh, if Webb is going for this, then I should be able to get Manoa for that. Mm -hmm. You know, because no one likes Manoa more than Webb, but that's not what happened, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, Rodon went for eight to Ariel. I was like, oh, okay. McClanahan at 12 and Charlie Morin at 12. And those were like, I should have gone in for one of those. Mm -hmm. Um, It just, for whatever reason, I think like I, I thought I had less money than I did and didn't work out uh, in my favor. So what essentially happened is because because the, that money was being spent on all these pitcher, pitchers, I kind of assumed, you know what? Fine, I will get I uh, you know I'll get some of these that are I'll just feast a lot on because they're in the fifties essentially for me, forties and fifties. Um, Chris Bassett went for nine dollars, and mm-hmm. that to me was like a staple. Like okay, I should be able to get the ones that I want for cheap. Sandoval went for six. Ah, a little upset, but I was like, no, that's okay. I can get others. It's okay. Eventually, what happened is that there were three guys I was targeting the entire time that just were never nominated. Mm-hmm. And I was eventually thinking that by the end of the draft, I'd get them for nothing. And me and Doug Anderson were the two that were like left in this. And Doug Anderson of Fantrax just kept pushing me up. And uh, so I had to go $10 for Kopech, but I had a lot of money left. And if you guys know me after reading that article, Kopech, especially in May, he sh- he's going to be starting for the White Sox, if you ask me. And to that that way, he essentially is like a low 30s. So yeah, I don't want to spend $10. I don't think I'm going to have to spend $10 in tout. Mm-hmm. But I'm getting Kopech 100%. Um, Severino Clevenger, not what you want to do. <laughs> you don't. But 12 team, I'm going to lean into this. I believe in Clevenger more to do Severino. It just happened to be that way. I had a ton of money at the end. And then Doug was pushing up on Severino. He said he had like $18 of or $16 left. It was aiming to get Severino and somehow didn't push past nine. Um, so it just turned out that way. I snuck in a $2 for Adam Wainwright because Brian Feldman tried to get him for one. I was like, I'm not going to let you do that. $2. Yeah. And then I won him. I was like, oh, okay. Got Oscar Enoa at $2. You guys know I like Oscar Enoa. Mm-hmm. So that's it's not ideal. Um, and I got some guys in the reserve rounds. It's not really what I wanted. I wanted like a Musgrove as my three and then add on everything I just did. But uh, I'm going to have to make it work. I mean, that's my biggest strength. I think I got an amazing offense. And now it's just on me to find one or two guys off the waiver wire um, in, in the first month. I was going to say April, but probably in May that make a big impact on this team. So we'll see how this goes. Yeah, I mean, that's what I, exactly what I was going to bring up. I definitely feel that it's one of your biggest strengths here. And I mean, it, it, you know, and you're also kind of assuming the worst. Like there's a chance that Severino and Clevenger return to their form. And then you're dealing with four guys who have SP1 potential, right? I mean, Clevenger's been an SP1 before. Kopak is, uh, is an unreal, guys. I'm just saying right now. Get Kopak yeah, in it, your league. Just do it. He's very exciting for sure. Have we talked about him at all in our top 100 yet? Where's he I at? mean, we, we have, um, but I I mean, I haven't since I wrote the article on Sunday or on Saturday. And the quote from Vinny Duber. Okay. No. Yeah, it's Duber. I said I said Cooper accidentally before, and it's so wrong. It's Duber. Mm. Um, I'm so sorry. But Vinny, beat writer for NBC for the White Sox, um, has a quote saying like, yeah, Michael Kopech is going to be in the rotation in 2022. <laughs> And it's like Garrett Crochet is the one that's like fighting for a spot. Yeah. Like it's Dallas Keuchel at four, Kopech at five, Renato Lopez at six. You know? Yeah. It's not. It's Kopech's. And also think about like the rotate. Um, sorry, the relief appearances he had this past year. Kopech mm-hmm. uh, 
through 44 games. It's not like he's completely out of stamina or something for this. He'll be ramped up. He had some starts. He was great in it. Throws mid to upper 90s with a ridiculous slider. And a change in McCurbo, I think we're going to see more of when he gets a chance. So, I I don't know. I think, like, Kopech's going to be a stud. (laughs) And I'm very excited to have him everywhere. Yeah, like you said, boom or bust. I mean, it could be a huge season. I do like the Wainwright pick. I'm I'm, I'm all about that. Uh, and yeah, it, it could shape up to be a really, yeah, really nice sneaky wins for me. Um, and Adam Wainwright. Um, yeah. Oh, I just yeah, I dig what he's doing too. I mean, I'm I'm I'm, I'm bought into there. Um, so you're you're before we get into your bench, you go with, uh, you decide to go with two relievers um yes. as a, some people go three some people go to walk me through your reliever process as you end up with uh lucas sims for five and matt barnes for a buck i i dm'd rick graham at like 4 p.m <laughs> it's it drafts at seven hmm. rick i need two like middle to discount guys that i want to spend roughly ten dollars on total who are those two guys because first of all you gotta get lucas sims i was like okay hmm. all right i put him down for seven Got him for five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I was like, all right, who is the other guy? He goes, all right, well, I like, um, I think he said David Bednar and uh, Matt Barnes. Maybe okay. it was that. And I think Bednar went for $3. And I was like, oh, dang it. I bet for two. And then he went for three. I was like, well, that's us. I'm a budget. And then I got mm-hmm. Barnes for one. And I was like, well, there you go. I did it. Yeah, David Bednar went for four. I probably put him for three and they went to four. Uh, and I was like, I got Matt Barnes. And then I'm like, okay. He also kind of mentioned, like, really discount. You know, you might want to go for Ken Giles and or Paul Seawald. I'm leaning Giles right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then we can transition now into the reserves. Um, because I had the 1-1 pick, it meant that it's five rounds of reserve. So I got four and five as well in the last round. So I actually okay. double tapped and got Ken Giles and Paul Seawald. So that by the time uh, May 1st starts, I hope one of them is established as the closer. I could even have them on my bench for just the first week and see how it plays out and then drop the other one. Yeah. Uh, so that's the plan there. Um, I think the Mariners should win a decent amount of games. I hope it's Seawall who closes. If it could be a committee, it's a committee and whatever. There it is. Um, but that's how I attacked relievers in this one. I'm not super thrilled by it. But I think this could work out, and I'll just be DMing Rick Graham a lot, and that's that's going to be cool. He's a great resource. You'll be checking out his pieces. The other good news is, theoretically, the third option, Drew Steckenrider, is still available. I don't think anyone took him. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have Diego Castillo, so he's also available as well. So you you can pretty much get the saves from Seattle yeah, if you well, want. Well, I hope it's one of those two. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Giles will be excited to see. So you, we all, I mean, let's get it out of the way. You go with Strasburg, uh, which we one knew was going to happen. Baby. One that one, baby. That was your one one. one oh, it's, guys, I'm telling you, I get him in every single league I can. Mm-hmm. And it's a 12-teamer. I will. We will know before May 1st. It's like yep. the greatest, it's the greatest bench pick you can make because you yep. don't even need to do anything in season with it. You will know from summer camp. Like, that's everything you want in a bench spot. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I got 1-1 Steven Strasburg. I felt very lucky about that one. Um, And then I followed that up. So, 2-3 turn. I felt great about it. I'm a huge fan of Jason Connor Joe, who batted lead off for the Rockies last year. Sweet. I'll take that. And then uh, Eric Lauer is, I think, just someone I want to get in every league. Just as a Toby that is a little bit better than that. And... I feel comfortable in any week that is not terrible matchups. Just throw out some Eric Lauer, have a good time. So yeah, I felt pretty good with us. The Connor Joe pick, I I I like, and I think it helps you with the Ramon Laureano situation because exactly. Connor Joe is going to have the outfield eligibility. It allows you to, and, and the first two or three weeks in a roto for me are kind of set it and forget it anyway. As long as you're getting the at bats, I right. mean, yeah, you want to make room in case there's some crazy news, but I think you have that with Strasburg. Um, you have and, that with Seawald and Giles. Um, and keep in mind, so let's say um, either either I'm going to be dropping one of Giles and Seawald the first week, or mm-hmm. I'll move someone to the IL if there is. I don't know. But essentially, I might need to find another catcher um, for Adley Rutschman. For Adley. Uh, but that's fine. I figured, like, whatever that would be at that point, I'll just pick someone up just for a week or two and just cross my fingers that they don't become a detriment. 
Um, I'll listen to Dave Chairman's like, streaming article, or maybe it's Dave Swan now, actually, for Catcher mm-hmm. Streamers every week. And I'll follow that for the first week or two, and then that'll be up and everything will be wonderful. Everything uh, You can say that again. Um, favorite <laughs> and least favorite uh, overall pitcher? Oh, man. I mean, his name is uh, Lynn Cantara. Um, mm. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> Love that. I and I'd say my least favorite pitcher. Um, I don't love that I had to spend nine dollars on Severino. I mean, if I if I could take it back, I probably would find a way to exchange the Severino one for like the twelve dollar Webb or twelve dollar McClanahan or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably what is the most glaring thing to me. But keep in mind, the Severino was nine dollars just because it was the very end, and you can't really talk like that. So. I don't know. I mean, it's not less of like the player, but more of uh, the cost of everything that I wanted a proper number three that I don't think I have yet. Okay. Um, overall draft grade uh, on the, uh, the the typical grading scale, A through A through F. Oh, this is an A plus, baby. No, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> I'd say B plus. Mm. Um, obviously, I'm taking on a lot of risk. I, I'm not going to beat around this. I uh, have like... Acuna, hopefully he's totally fine. Muncy, I hope he's totally fine. Uh, Loriano, we don't really know. And and Springer, okay. I mean, I get it, guys. Um, we, when is Rutschman going to come up? Is Voigt oh. going to be doing getting his opportunities? Is Adamas going to actually be that second-half self? Uh, Kopek, is he actually starting? Clevenger and, Cope, yeah, and, and, Sep, and Clevenger, right? Like Clevenger and Severino. Did I just say Clevenger and Clevenger? Of course I would. You did. Uh, the uh, famous law firm. <laughs> Uh, and McGill. Um, but I, uh, yeah, there's a ton of risk in this. I completely understand. Um, I'm someone, you know, I don't want to necessarily, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of going for it a bit. I'm going with my gut in a lot of ways. And so I'm going to give myself that B plus. Um, if I really want to play it safe, I probably, you know, could have done a lot of things differently, but eh. who cares, baby? It's your draft. You're, you're having fun. If you're, you're doing it your last, way. You're doing it your way, baby, and I love to hear it. Um, Mm. Yeah, but that's great. I mean, I'm happy for you. It's a very exciting team for sure. You kind of hit the nail on the head, and it's nice to be able to peel the the onion back a little bit and get a a peek at your auction strategy. Uh, But, Nick, I think that's going to do it Mm. for episode number 310 of On the Corner. Next time it's rankings again. We're, We're back, back, baby. Don't worry. We're back. <laughs> We're back. Uh, that's going to do it for episode number 310 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock, and we'll talk to you guys later this week.